it means by getting lounge access on this card, I can close one of my other even more expensive cards that has lounge access because now that benefit overlaps. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Drop Podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We got a question from one of our listeners, and it inspired us to sort of make a whole episode about that question, expanding on it. So I'll read you the question and then um, get into what the main topic will be here. So Joanna wrote in and said, Mike, when you say you're going to quote unquote upgrade to the Chase Sapphire Reserve, uh, she's referring to episode one of this podcast, by the way. Uh, when you say you're going to upgrade, do you mean calling Chase to actually change your Sapphire Preferred to a Sapphire Reserve or closing the Preferred and getting the sign-up bonus for the Reserve? If the latter, maybe there could be a podcast on how to make card switches. I agree completely, Joanna. There should be a podcast on how to make card switches. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Really, we're going to just cover the concept of upgrading, downgrading, and canceling cards. and. To answer your question first, I am going to simply call Chase and do a product change. And that's the official term for when you upgrade or downgrade or make a lateral switch of a card. The banks call it a product change. You're switching products because in terms of closing a card and getting a sign-up bonus, as we'll talk about uh, later on, there are some implications to closing a card account, but also there are a lot of rules that differ greatly by bank as to which sign-up bonuses you can get based on which cards you've had in the past, how long it's been since you've gotten one of those cards in the past. And for me, I would not be eligible to get the reserve bonus. And so I'll simply do a product change, which as we'll talk about when doing a product change, there are some upsides to not closing a card and simply switching a card. So Megan, why why would you want to do this at all? Why do a product change at all? Yeah. I mean, I really think in general, it's it's a part of the strategy of this travel hacking game, right? And I think outside of that listener question, if you haven't listened to episode one and you're like, wait, what what is going on right now? Questions you might be wondering are things like, you know, after I do earn a sign up bonus, what do I do? Do I keep all these cards? And or what do I do with all these annual fees? Because mm-hmm. a lot of our favorite travel cards have high annual fees. And that's a huge question that comes up for people. Like, do I just keep paying all of these annual fees? And I think that's really where this keep upgrade, downgrade, cancel strategy comes into play. So the seemingly most obvious part of this all is keep. Uh, So I think we Mm -hmm. can just start there. Though I do think there's some things to consider with the keep strategy that doesn't get talked about a lot. You know, obviously, if you're just getting a lot of value from a card and the annual fee is worth it to you, it's justified, then you just keep the card. And I think it's, I personally think it's always good to have a few keeper cards. Mm -hmm. And I tend to apply for more keeper cards than I do with intention of closing and change. I'm kind of curious right here. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Mike, do you feel like you apply more for keeper cards is like the keep part of this a huge part of your strategy yeah a thousand percent i i think we've probably said this on the pod before and i've definitely said it in the newsletter before that i specifically try to get cards that i plan on keeping there have been far fewer instances of cards that i'm like that's a really good sign up bonus to the point that it's worth i know i'm only going to keep it for a year and then i'll just close it that is rare for me i usually try to get cards that I plan on keeping for a while. And 
even cards that it's kind of hard, I put a lot of extra effort in to get mm -hmm. more value from those cards so that I can keep them because mm -hmm. there are benefits to just keeping a card. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I feel like, yeah, we probably have a very similar strategy there. Um, and that being said, you know, and I think I'll talk about later in the episode, like sometimes you do apply for a card that you think you're going to get a lot of value out of. And then you're like, oh, that didn't like work out quite as planned. And so I think that's another place where these options come into play. So if you aren't getting value from a card to justify the annual fee, then you don't have to keep it, which brings us into these other options. Yeah, exactly. And the first of these options is, well, upgrade. And that might sound counterintuitive. If you're not getting value from a card, upgrade it. And this takes us back, like Megan said, episode one, where I talked about the fact that I have the Chase Sapphire preferred card, but I'm thinking about upgrading to the reserve. And sometimes even when a card has a higher annual fee, the value you can get um, from that higher annual fee might outweigh that higher annual fee. For example, with the Chase Sapphire preferred, I think I get plenty of value. It's not that I'm not getting value from it, but I think I can get more value, more bang for my buck by paying a higher annual fee on the reserve because the reserve comes with things like priority pass lounge access, including priority pass restaurants, with which not a lot of cards can get you these days. And so that's kind of a unique perk there. It comes with, uh, even though you're paying a few hundred dollars more in annual fee, you get a few hundred dollars of travel credit. You get uh, better insurance. And so I'm happy to pay a higher annual fee if it means by getting lounge access on this card, I can close one of my other even more expensive cards that has lounge access because now that benefit overlaps. A lot of the higher annual fee is eaten up by the travel credit. So sometimes it balances out like that. But also upgrading a card can sometimes give you a mini signup bonus. So a lot of banks, um, I think Amex is really the, the culprit here primarily will offer you bonuses to upgrade a card after you've had it for more than a year or so. And mm -hmm. uh, you can sort of build a mini strategy around this. And I'll use a quick example of the Amex Hilton card family. So you have three cards, three Hilton co-branded credit cards with Amex. Um, the normal Hilton card, which has a $0 annual fee, the Surpass, which has a $95 annual fee, and the Aspire, which has a $550 annual fee as of, oh, sorry, the Surpass card now has a $150 annual fee. I'm sorry, that just changed as well. Um, so $0, $150, and $550. Yep. And essentially, on every one of these cards, and this applies to other card families too, you can get a sign-up bonus and an upgrade bonus. And so you can build like a years-long strategy around this where you first sign up for, say, the um, Aspire card, the top-tier card. And then you can sign up for the Surpass card. And then you can upgrade the Surpass card to the Aspire card. And since you've already gotten a sign-up bonus on the Aspire card, you can get sort of a second one. And then you can open up the $0 card, get a sign-up bonus on that, and then upgrade that one to the Surpass. And then a year after that, upgrade the Surpass again to the Aspire. So you can take three cards and turn it into like six sign-up bonuses, essentially, if you sort of build a strategy around opening cards, getting sign-up bonuses, and upgrading cards. So mm -hmm. that's a really good example of even if maybe you're not getting a lot of value from a card, upgrading it might give you another sign-up bonus on a different card, in which case, instead of canceling or downgrading, why not upgrade and get a second sign-up bonus and get that like first-year value that we always talk about again mm -hmm. for a second year in a row? Yeah. 
I feel like everyone should like pause the episode and write that strategy down. <laughs> there are actually so people talk about this. If you Google it, you can yeah. even find charts where they have like visuals of these cards and tell you like which direction to go and like which ones to open first, how long to wait. So Google um, like upgrade strategies for a specific card family if you're mm-hmm. interested in that. Yeah. But of course, sometimes you don't want to deal with the higher annual fees. Sometimes you've exhausted your options and you don't have upgrade options. And instead of closing a card, you can... Downgrade. Downgrade. (laughs) The opposite of upgrade. Very good. Uh, (laughs) So this is when you're going to change your card to another card. But in this case, it is a card that has either a lower annual fee or no annual fee. So let's say you get that really nice sign-up bonus on a card. And then you realize, like, "Mm, I'm not actually getting the value out of this. And it doesn't make sense for me to upgrade. Then this is when you would downgrade which is also a product change that you're doing Mm -hmm. um and if you if the card that you don't want is a really old card this is a really great strategy to put into play because it's going to be much better for your credit score than canceling the card because you're not actually closing that uh credit account you're actually just moving your line of credit product changing over um, and it doesn't show up as canceling and take any kind of hit on your credit. I think the most important thing to know with the downgrade strategy is you can't just downgrade to any card. It kind of depends mm-hmm. on the bank and it depends on the product suite. You know, you can't have a, say, MX Platinum and then say, oh, I want to downgrade to the Hilton um, no annual fee card. That's a really good point. That applies to upgrades too. Generally speaking, it's like within the same family, which if you want to just like clarify that, you can think of, does it earn the same type of rewards? And if it does, it's probably in the same quote unquote family. Yeah, exactly. That's a super easy way to think about it. Or you can always come ask us in Daily Drop Lounge. We'll (laughs) we'll let you know. We'll send you in the right direction. Yeah. I think a, a great example of this and one that people do quite often is with the Sapphire cards. I know you just use mm-hmm. the Sapphire cards as an upgrade example, um, but a lot of people will downgrade a Sapphire card to a Freedom card, for example, um, so that they are still earning points until they hit that mark where they can earn that sign-up bonus for a Sapphire card again. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and like Megan said, so if you... Essentially, if you open up a card really early in your credit card journey and eventually you want to downgrade um, or let's say you want to cancel, you don't want the card anymore or something. If you close that, that's going to damage your overall credit age, which is an important factor of your credit score. Mm -hmm. And so that's why downgrading instead to a zero dollar card, you don't have to think about the annual fee. You don't have to like put any work to justify it. It's as though in some cases you canceled it. Like you can downgrade to a $0 card, toss it in the sock drawer and leave it. And you don't have to think about it, but it's not going to have that damaging effect. But sometimes you still got to just cancel the darn thing, right? And this is has some upsides and downsides to it. And you should only do it as a last resort. So like we said, when you're opening cards, think about this stuff ahead of time. Think about, okay, in a year, is this a keeper card for me? Is this a card that I don't think I'm going to continue to get value? If not, what are going to be my options for that? And try to avoid opening a card that you think eventually you'll cancel, if at all possible. Because like we said, the downsides is that are that um, it can damage your credit score. And that can be bad if, depending on your overall credit profile, depending on your 
uh, credit mix, depending on your credit utilization, depending on your average, uh, hist average length of credit, but also it can look bad to the banks if you continue to open and close cards. If they see you getting a sign-up bonus and closing a card, it's not uncommon for people, that's called credit card churning. And when banks see you do that, obviously they, they don't like it. And doing it once in a while is not a huge deal, but if you continue to do this and have a pattern of doing it, they can close all of your accounts without notice. They can take your points, close your cards, and even prevent you from opening up cards with them in the future. So pretty major implications to canceling cards if you're doing it large scale. Mm -hmm. But there are also some upsides. For example, something I always do when I go to close a credit card, if I've made that choice, um, I will always ask for a retention offer. And a retention offer is basically like you call the bank, you say, I think I want to close my card. Um, they'll send you to a retention team and they'll say, why do you want to close this card? They'll talk to you about all the benefits. They'll try to get you to stay with them and keep the card. And you say, oh, well, you know, unfortunately, I have this card, which has the perks already. So I don't need them on this card or the annual fee increase this year. And it's just too high for me now. So I want to close the card. And uh, sometimes they'll say, what if you keep the card and in exchange, will give you this little mini bonus. And it's kind of like a mini sign-up bonus, almost like an upgrade offer like I talked about. It's not a sign-up bonus, but it's an offer to like keep you on the hook. Um, and that can be a reason to continue keeping the card for another year at least. And you can get multiple retention offers on the same card. There's no science to it, but generally speaking, if you've had a card for like two years, that's a, a good marker of being able to get a retention offer. And if you use the card pretty actively, those two things will increase your odds of being able to get a retention offer on the card. Mm -hmm. But the other upside to this is that some banks have limits to the amount of credit cards you can have. Like Amex limits you to, I think, five credit cards. It might be six now. And like you, I think you can get unlimited charge cards or something, but there's a limit. And so by closing a card, you can open up opportunities to get a card that you don't have uh, if you're at that kind of limit. So I think the downsides are more drastic here than the upsides, but there are there can be some value in closing a card. Yeah. I think one thing I'll add to canceling is that people get really nervous or scared mm -hmm. to cancel. So it is a last resort. You definitely want to put thought into it, but it's not the worst. Like sometimes I'll see posts no. pop into the lounge like, oh, I canceled a card before I knew it was like, quote unquote, bad. Will I ever be able to get that card again? <laughs> and it's again, last resort, but not worst case scenario. You know, back in my baby travel hacking days, when they gave you both sapphires at, at once, I had both of them and I canceled both of them, just like not really understanding all of this and mm -hmm. travel hacking life is, is still fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I've done things like that too. Like early on, I, yeah. I had um, like annual renewal dates that overlapped with a couple cards that I wanted mm -hmm. to cancel and I canceled both of them like on the same day, <laughs> just like yeah. not really thinking about it with the same bank. Yeah. And um, I didn't think twice about it. Now I would think twice about closing two cards right. on the same day. But again, travel hacking is going just fine for me too. So don't don't worry too much about it. Um, and especially if you have a good reason and you're not just being sort of deliberately churning cards, at, like canceling cards as a strategy, you yeah. probably don't have anything to worry about. So don't stress too much about it, but definitely put in some thought to it. And um, the other thing to go back to retention offers, mm -hmm. 
This is also a strategic thing. Even if you don't actually plan on canceling a card, you can call up a bank and say, I'm thinking about canceling this card just to try to get a retention offer. Like I do this with some of my keeper cards, like my Marriott cards, for example, which I have like four of at this point. um, I'm always going to keep them open. I know that. The banks don't know that and they don't have to know that. And I can still call and say, hey, I'm thinking about closing this card. Uh, Can I speak to a retention specialist? And you know, if they don't give me a retention offer, I'm still going to keep the card open anyways. But if they do, awesome. Even more value for the cards I'm already planning on keeping. So you can be strategic about retention offers too. It doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Sneaky little strategy (laughs) for you all. And like a a, a bonus, a bonus tip here, retention offers, add that into the strategy. Yeah. Retention offers in general are, are just great. And I've written some, I think Mm -hmm. a couple of daily drop newsletters about that. Um, so you can go to our website, dailydrop.com and go into the search bar and search for retention offers. If you want to read a little bit more about my strategy with retention offers, but that's generally how we think about keeping cards, upgrading, downgrading, or canceling cards. But I think people want to know, Megan, are there any cards right now that you're working with that you're planning to upgrade, downgrade, cancel? I assume you have a lot that you're planning to keep. So I'm going to leave that one out. But yeah, I have a a ton that I'm planning to keep this year. The two that I'm looking at right now are my MX Platinum and the Hilton um, Surpass card, which I'm thinking the Surpass, I might go the upgrade route. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the Platinum as what? Uh, no, that's not obvious. I was going to say no upgrade, no upgrade options, but there are upgrade options for the platinum. Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with my platinum. Yeah. I'm, I. What's the like? Where are you at with it? Why do you want to do anything with it? You know, I'm just not into it. <laughs> it's not I'm kind of there with you, to be honest. It's not giving me the value that I thought it would give me. And that's interesting. And I want to double tap on that for a second, because I never thought I'd hear you say you were there with me <laughs> on the MX Platinum. Um, yeah, I just I haven't been overly impressed with it. I was kind of evaluating how I've used the credits this year um, and just the other perks and benefits of it. I've not made it to a Centurion Lounge this year, which I was very excited to be able to do and haven't. And while that's not the first reason you should sign up for a card, it is a cool perk that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just the credits themselves, as I was kind of evaluating them and just seeing, like, do these actually make sense for me to be using as credits? Would I be using these if I didn't have them as credits? Um, Mm -hmm. It's just not making the most sense for me this year. Yeah. I I feel that my platinum card's about to renew in like three weeks. And I've been, so for me, I live in Canada and a lot of the credits on that card are, you can only use in the US. So it's always a bit of a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I think the big perk on the card is like the lounge access. And that's that's one of those reasons that I'm thinking about upgrading my uh, Sapphire Preferred to the Reserve because a lot of that lounge access it overlaps. Um, and I have another credit card in Canada that gets me into like the Air Canada lounges. So between that and the Priority Pass network, I'm like yeah. 95% covered. But then two days ago, I was in Mexico City and I went to the Centurion Lounge in Mexico City with my Platinum card, brought in my two guests where you mm-hmm. can get awesome food, like an amazing breakfast. You can get free massages there. And now I'm second guessing it again. <laughs> I thought I had it figured out. But uh, yeah, it's tough. I'm still on the fence with that. But I think at the very least, I'm going to call in three weeks and say, 
hey, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about closing this card and tell them the exact reasons I just told you guys. I can say, well, yeah, like the big perk is the the lounge access and I have other cards that do that. So why am I paying this many hundreds of dollars a year to keep it unless, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a retention offer can keep me on the hook. And if they give me a retention offer, I would probably keep it, I think, since yeah. I'm so on the fence about it. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, same. I was just thinking as you were chatting through that, since I haven't come to a decision with it, that's probably a route to go in. And for everyone listening, like if there's a card that you're like, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if I want to upgrade it, downgrade it, cancel it. Like I'm not really sure what direction to go in. Just make sure you have all of the information. And that could mm-hmm. mean calling in and seeing if you do get a retention offer and then seeing, well, does that actually make sense then for me to continue using this? So just make sure you have all the pieces of information if you are considering this strategy as we come into the new year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this can be kind of tedious as you Mm -hmm. might start to get the impression of like, what is a card family? What are my options? Which banks let you do this? How long do you need to have a card? But the easiest thing you can do is just call the bank and just be like, what are my options? (laughs) Like, And they'll tell you what your upgrade options are and if there are any offers. And you don't always need to get an offer to be able to upgrade. Sometimes a bank will say, yeah, you can upgrade to this card, but there's no like, specific offer. You just change the card. Um, yep. Or you can get an offer or you, they can tell you which cards you can downgrade to. And they'll tell you if you cancel, if you want to cancel, like if there's a retention offer. So just call and ask. It's not weird. It's not bad to just say... Um, I, I think I don't want this card. Can you tell me what my options are to upgrade, downgrade, or cancel? You don't have to sort of tiptoe around it with the banks. Yeah. So is it just your MX Platinum or are there any other ones you're considering this year? Um, That's the main one. And then the, the Sapphire card, I'm pretty mm, certain right. I'm going to go ahead and upgrade to the reserve. I think that one's a definite. The MX Platinum is going to depend on a retention offer. And I think other than that... um. I think that's really it for me. I think the rest of my cards are continuing to give me the value that I need from them. It's a good place to be in. Yeah, not too bad. Well, friends, we hope this was helpful today. And if you want your question answered on a future episode of the pod, send us a note over to podcast at dailydrop.com. And who knows, maybe we'll make an entire episode out of your question. And if you have learned something today, go ahead and send us some stars through and a lovely review on your favorite platform. This helps us out and gives us the warm fuzzies to to read. That's right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, friends. Happy travels. Happy travels.